0: recording live from a basement. This is Fantastic Mr. Fox Minute. You should have seen the look Condra gave me when I started. Okay, this is Fantastic Mr. Fox Minute, the show on the internet that talks about Wes Anderson's 2009 film, Fantastic Mr. Fox, one minute at a time. And I'm one of the hosts, Tyler Boudreaux.
1: And I'm the other one, Condra.
0: And we are in a basement.
1: My almost finished new room. We're yes. so close.
0: Yes. We're going to be doing some things later to move things into it. Maybe, hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> there minute might eighty. Be a
1: bear. <laughs> minute eighty of yeah, Fantastic e- Mr. Mi-
0: yeah, minute eighty. Uh, the the last dialogue of the film occurs in this minute. We are we are wrapping it up, Chandra.
1: What has our life become?
0: <laughs> what uh, is
1: time? We're all dying.
0: What is time? <laughs> That's a good question. So So yeah, minute 80, which starts with Fox saying, See? Looking at his tail. And it ends with us zooming in on Fox's creepy smile.
1: With the start of the absolute bop of this movie. Yeah. Arguably my favorite song in the movie. And one of my top songs, probably. I really like this song. But we'll talk about it next minute when the lyrics come in. Because we have a lot to talk about this minute. Because we get the end of his toast... And you were alluding to having some ideas of what this toast really means last week. <laughs> um, yes, that's a good point. So let's break it down. Let's go into it.
0: So, yeah. So in the, pa- in the past minute, he was talking about, they say all foxes are slightly allergic to linoleum. Um, and they say, his... my tail needs to be dry cleaned twice a week, but now it's fully detachable. Uh, they say our house, may, our tree may never grow back, but one day something will. And then Ash gives, like, a hopeful look over to Christopherson.
1: Well, not just that. Agnes and Christopherson also have this hopeful eye. I, I wrote it in my notes as the wonder eyes. <laughs> like, those. you know when you have, like, a little kid and they have this, like, the big eyes, absolute wonder at whatever they're looking at? Like, you often see it, like, in Disney photos, like, when the small child is meeting the princess, the, like, the IRL princess. And they're like,
0: <gasps> Cinderella, is that actually you? Yes, it is. It's Tyler. actually Cinderella. Yeah. My friend thought that the, the Blues Brothers performing in Universal Studios was was actually the Blues Brothers. It is. Yeah, no, that is.
1: No. So I just, I really like their reaction. And I think it does get to Mr. Fox's growth in the movie.
0: And then he's like, yeah, these giblets are...
1: These goose crackles are made of synthetic goose and the squab...
0: There's a ghost that's trying to enter our podcast, but you can just ignore it
1: okay and there's, there's uh squab giblets are made of artificial squab and even this apple looks fake
0: but at least it's got stars on it.
1: We are all made of stars
0: I like I kind of like that live delivery like it kind of sells it kind of sells the message of it of the toast more than other things and so he kind of confuses his point later on, but I think the the synthesis of what he's trying to say here is that like. And it's the synthesis of this kind of plot of like, man who thinks he's like too good for this world learns to realize that the family he has is what's really important in life.
1: And that there's so much better in the world than himself. And like the world is full of amazing yeah. and fantastic things that you can't even comprehend all the time.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, this, so this toast is kind of like, exa- exactly what you just said. It was like, there's all these things in the world that like are mediocre and might not, like, be the the best or, like, larger than life as Mr. Fox kind of tries to make things seem all the time, but he appreciates that, like, he realizes that his life is the same, like, he appreciates that, like, not everything you have is great, but at the end of the day, like, the five and a half people that he's hanging out with, uh the three kids, Kylie, his wife, Felicity... And their unborn child are, as he says, without a doubt, the most fantastic.
1: Five most important or wonderful people?
0: Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm liking on the line right now. And so it's like, much like the apple that looks fake but it has stars on it. Like, learning to appreciate the beauty of what you have as opposed to... Granted it's all kind of blurried because his speech kind of rambles and he has the little bit in in the middle about like the the unflattering light and then the light changes back like it had previously spontaneously dimmed and now it's spontaneously back to normal light.
1: Yeah, it was like a quasi spotlight and now it like light comedic timing. Yeah. The light also has comedic timing in this film, <laughs> uh, in which it will turn back to its normal fluorescent bulbs.
0: Or there's just like a person nearby standing, flipping the light switch.
1: Exactly. Comedic timing <laughs> with lights. I think part of it, too, is that concept of eat. To, we will eat tonight and eat together. Yeah. That he's not a, like he's taken it into a wider shot. So it is even more than his family that he's going to eat with the rabbits and the badgers and weasel and yeah. all of these other folks that they've banded together to become a squad. Like a family, <laughs> well, like family doesn't seem fully encompassing because I don't think he considers Badger family, but he respects him in a new way.
0: Yeah. Well, he has this respect for nature and wild animals. And, but,
1: I, and that definitely comes from his interaction with the wolf and realizing where he is on the spectrum of wild animal to human between him and Bean and the wolf that we were talking about a few minutes ago. And it's like
0: appreciating the natural world, not as like, like oh, like you need to go to a national park to appreciate the natural world, but like...
1: You can sit in your backyard. Appreci-
0: appreciating the world as it is and as it's presented to you. you exactly. You have an apple... It's got stars on it.
1: That's yeah. And I think that him ending the toasts so let's raise our boxes.
0: To our, to our survival. survival. We did that in unison.
1: <laughs> I wrote in my notes, raise the box to survival. It doesn't work as well.
0: Oh uh, that was a Hamilton reference. It
1: was. And then I also wrote in my life.
0: In do, my do, life. Do, do, do,
1: do. Um, because he does also make that, so I I got two music references out of this minute. In My
0: Life. Yeah, that's kind of what he says.
1: Yeah. The way he says In My Life just really stood out for me. But he recognizes that he doesn't really have control, that he can recognize the moment for what it is, and I believe he is now living more in the moment as opposed to, oh, I'm going to just buy this tree and renovate it and... Like do this big flashy showy thing, and
0: big flashy showy thing.
1: Well, that's essentially what he did when he bought the tree and put lights in the branches. Like he's not—he has scaled down in a way that it is very personal, and it's not his reputation and perception. It's the people around him and their time together.
0: Yeah, it's it's. I wanna. I I was on the. I was guesting on the room minute. Last weekend, and I I pitched. I was like, if you want a movie about uh, a guy who's like too good for this world and <laughs> um, doesn't appreciate the, the, the people around him and kind of through his own actions kind of causes his own weird downfall, then you'll like, well, basically any movie ever made, but especially Fantastic Mr. Fox. <laughs> and uh, the hosts of that, uh, Robert and Allison, were like, yeah, I thought you were talking about this movie. <laughs> I was like, No, I was talking about Fantastic Mr. Fox. But uh yeah, essentially and as we've been talking about every time, like this is this is the Incredibles, this is every movie ever made that kind of
1: revolves around a man.
0: Yeah, re- revolves around a man, like uh well so there's two versions of this. There's the Manic Pixie Dream Girl, where like it's a young man who like falls in love and learns to appreciate life. And then there's the Old there's the older man, middle-aged man, who learns to appreciate what he has and not what he could have had.
1: See, I was watching The Old Man and the Gun the other day. It's the new Robert Redford, Robert Redford's last film. Okay. And he, like, the end of it, I was Even like... Even though he
0: appeared in Avengers Endgame? You know, <laughs>
1: we'll ignore that. Um, I'm pretty sure he's going to appear in the Loki uh, TV show on DE+ on Disney Plus too because that's post that's going to involve the Endgame stuff where he steals the cube. I have a feeling Robert Redford's going to be back. I don't
0: think he'll be back. I think I think they they just announced that like yes that is the Loki that will be in the show but I don't think they're ne- necessarily going to be referencing the
1: If anywhere it could be in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Well,
0: I, I don't think Robert Redford like is coming back for Disney Plus shows. Who knows? tangentially fantastic mr fox but the movie that you were referencing yeah
1: so old man in the gun he realizes his what it's basically the polar opposite of this movie and i was very thrown off that he like because he like had he found a person that cared for him and he was like not doing bank heists and stuff and then he's he like got off parole and like finally like Settle down for a little bit. And then at the end, he's just like, this isn't my life. Like, I'm going to go back to being a heist and con man. And it is kind of... it. It's the same feeling of recognizing the life you have and, like, for what it is and appreciating it, like, as you understand mm-hmm. it. But at the same time, it was, like, that whole anti-hero.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's more of your, like, your Shane or the Searcher's... Western trope where it's yeah. like I'll ne- like I'll never fit into this society, so I ne- just need to leave because I'm I'm a man of the old world and I need to let the new world just live live on its own. Absolutely. Um, which works for movies like Shane and The Searchers. I don't know if that's what we necessarily want want, on the time? want in 2018 or 2019 or whatever yeah. that movie was made.
1: Yeah, Old Man and the Gun. I think it was like a 2018. 20, it, it's really new. Yeah, but. Fox in this. I found it interesting that he included Agnes in that. I was like really? What has she done? As much as like I'm glad there was more than one female character that actually spoke (laughs) in this movie. True. She had like three lines but you know it's...
0: Well there was Mrs. Bean.
1: Yeah and Linda I guess talked for like...
0: Did Linda talk? Got it. Oh okay. (laughs) She said one line.
1: Multiple times. But...
0: Definitely no, no Bechdel test. No,
1: on God, no. Um, maybe that should be our next movie—one that actually passes.
0: I mean, uh, the be- it's been established that the Bechdel test is an arbitrary—no, it is thing, but yeah, you're right.
1: <laughs> so he includes Agnes and this unborn being that he has no relative understanding of other than that it is cells in felicity's body i don't
0: know if it's his and felicity's kid it's gonna be dope
1: i mean ash is amazing so yeah um, we have fantastic mr fox and amazing ash
0: and <laughs>
1: cool pretty, christopherson pretty
0: good peter their next child <laughs> he's named after Petey.
1: oh <laughs> i figured why, why pd though
0: because he, sang, this, he, he sang a song that was sympathetic to them.
1: Why not fill them all? Pretty cool fill.
0: Well, that's not alliteration.
1: Perfect fill.
0: No, that's not alliteration either. <laughs> Fancy fill. Like, that, that works.
1: So, <laughs> why would you include... Like, I get... Agnes is present, and you and don't we, want to be, like, the four of you, not you, Agnes, you, know, you don't matter. You know,
0: you know, like, when, like, when, like, a like a kid, like, brings their, like, college girlfriend to, like, like Christmas or Thanksgiving, and you're like, oh, yes, we'll include you, no. person that we've just met?
1: I have no understanding of that, Tyler. Neither of us have ever done it.
0: <laughs> but in general, like, if, if someone brings a date along with something, you're like, yes, we're including you. Let's just kind of...
1: Ignore Say. the awkwardness of yeah.
0: this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But Kylie gets so happy to be included and he, has, yeah, yeah, he has, yeah, yeah. they have a nice uh the camera pans to Kylie and there's a nice facial reaction of like yeah. Kylie's joy of finally being recognized by Mr. Fox.
0: Cuz Fox is constantly razzing him. Uh so he he, he says let's raise our boxes to sur- to our survival and then everyone sips all their juice boxes. And it's
1: such a gross noise. Oh. I hate slurpy noises. <laughs> No,
0: that's what? what it sounds like.
1: Except times five. It's
0: it's very it's very funny though because you get this it's like ep- you get this epic like let's <laughs> raise our boxes and then it's the
1: the juice boxes and slurpy noises. The
0: juxtaposition of like the epicness of the the speech and the slurping of the juice boxes is funny.
1: I think it also brings it back to this might be a somewhat grand tale, but. They are just like foxes trying to find a place to live. And it, like, this, it gets to the scale of the film.
0: And I like the juice boxes because at the end of the day, it's like a kid's movie. So like juice boxes, it's just a funny way to do it. Yeah.
1: And earlier, well, if you think about earlier when he was trying to do it and he did it with the champagne and like didn't it didn't well. work. Yeah. So.
0: Uh, and then we get Fox kind of like puts his eyes side to side and he was like, how was that? And that's kind of something I would do.
1: Yeah, after, like, every presentation I gave in my master's program, I'd, like, sit back down and I'd turn to the person next to me and be like, yo, I have no idea what I just said. How was that? Because I literally, like, will black out when I, like, talk in front of people. Like, I have no idea. So it's one of those things that I can never tell how I did. (laughs) Because I'm like, I just know I said everything I needed to, but I have no idea if it was coherent. Um, Yeah,
0: and then, well, Ash says... Yeah, that was good toast, and that's the last line of the movie.
1: And he said it with like appreciation, joy, like it was very sincere, and like also kind of. Snar- I was glad Ash had the last line.
0: Well, he for was a few the one reasons. who asked for the toast.
1: Yes, but also it's kind of that passing of the guard. Like, there's like he's handing it up. Like Fox hands it off to Ash what in many for ways. If someone
0: else did the toast.
1: It. Wouldn't have been a... I don't... Like... Okay, Christopherson gives it.
0: No, if Ash gave the toast. If
1: I, I think that'd be too much asking for Ash. For Ash. That's like a leap that's a little too far. Like, Fox found the place and, like, Fox is still the central figure to the family to some respect. And yeah. It makes sense that he did it. But I think there are little clues at the end that the filmmakers gave that indicate that Ash is now growing up in a better way. Like He will grow up to be more like his father, but the good version of his father, not the bad version.
0: I like how you worded that like there was like a post credit scene that was like, Ash, in the next movie will be the new Fantastic Mr. Fox. Da-na-na-na-na. And this time they're going to face off against M.O.D.O.K.
1: <laughs> no, but like so we have... Ash getting the last line he's the one that's like validating fox mm-hmm. um he also has a little radio on his belt clip that he turns on and it's a, but it's a digital version oh
0: yeah it's a digital Sonic.
1: yeah so tunes it two
0: it's like two point one which is a different thing depending where you are in the world so yeah. we're not gonna
1: <laughs> but it's like the circle of life and like showing that fox's time is
0: Everything the artificial light touches is yours. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> so I, I, I liked how it ended in this way
0: with... No, like... I like how the movie ends.
1: Well, no, I do actually. Like, it's a good emotional finish. We were talking about how, like, the climax is very exciting, but you have this conclusion that's kind of short in comparison to some others. And Yeah. But it does emotionally resolve the film and indicate where their family is headed in the future and it wraps it up in a nice, tidy way that works for a kid's movie. Yeah. It's not, it, it's not unclear or uncertain that things will not be different. Like, it's improved in a way that this will continue.
0: No, yeah, for sure. All right, so we get the last line of the movie. So the thing, I, the fun thing I wanted to talk about is, uh, what is your favorite last line of a movie?
1: Do I know any? Can I think of any off the top of my head? You got your
0: classic Iron Man. I am the Iron I Man. I am
1: Iron Man. Um, um, go ahead. New Spider Man one is basically the same thing. Spoiler alert. Um, the new, uh, Far From Home is basically like Peter Parker's Spider Man. Isn't that the last line?
0: That's. That's the last beat of the movie. I don't know the last line specifically.
1: Um, I'm trying to think of some other... Like, I know, like, Casablanca's is, like, boring <laughs> and... He looking I, at you, kid? Yeah. I I watched Casablanca. I thought it was very enjoyable. It's not for me.
0: Uh, I pulled up this IMDb list cool. of things.
1: Same last lines?
0: Wizard of Oz. There's no place like home.
1: Wow.
0: Or, no, Casablanca is... Uh, Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship.
1: Yeah.
0: Um... Uh, Chinatown. Forget it, jake It's Chinatown. Shane is Shane. Come back, baby. Come back. Uh, you can blame it all. Uh, he's a what? silent guardian, a watchful protector, a dark knight. <laughs> this IMDb list not not great, to be honest. But yeah, uh,
1: what like I'm trying to think of like Star Wars.
0: Was well, the thing you get in a lot of Star Wars movies is that you'll kind of just have like the last line, and it'll be sneaky, and then the last beat of the film will be visual. Yeah. Because I don't even know like what the last line of like the original Star Wars is because the whole metal ceremony is silent.
1: Mm hmm.
0: Well, there's R2 D2 beeping to let us know that he's okay. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking of Silence of the Lambs, like uh, Hannibal Lecter hangs up the phone, he's like, I'm having an old friend for dinner. And it's a, it's a pun because he's going to eat him yeah you don't you don't you don't know what the object of the, the verb is it's a zygma wow <laughs> yeah
1: i do, i feel like opening lines two things are much more memorable than closing lines for that reason like you were referring to with star wars because often there is some visual element like i can remember i can i know the end shots of a bunch of movies and like can tell you what visually it is because even this movie this is the this may be the end line but it is not the final thing we see. Yeah. And I think that final thing we see is much more powerful.
0: Well, it's kind of like people people don't remember what you say. They remember how you, make, you, you make, make them feel. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's true for movies more than anything because it's a whole experience. And what Wes Anderson does really well is he'll end a movie on a song, which is the perfect encapsulation of emotions, usually.
1: Mm-hmm. No, because I'm, I'm even thinking, like, the end of Phantom Menace with the, like, the ceremony and the that really jovial music. I like forever... Yeah, stop. It sounds like your voice is breaking. Stop. Um, it's all Tyler, people. It's not me, I swear. Um, but, like, the costumes and the parade and the celebration of that. I, I And even, like... If you want to go back, like Fantasia, it ends, it has the whole Schernebog sequence and then it ends with Ave Maria because you need to end on that hope. And that's what so many films do is they end on like a hope, except that weird movie we were watching yesterday that I I caught the very end of it and it was like, dear God, the cycle continues. Nightcrawler. And And I feel like that's what a lot of movies do. They either leave you on a hopeful beat or they're like, this continues. And I think this does a little bit... This movie does a little bit of both. Like, their lives continue in this new way, and it's hopeful.
0: Yeah. Uh, we'll get this, in, we'll get more into this in the next minute, but uh, a thing that films do is how they fade to the credits is different. So if you want to leave someone on, on the emotion of the last beat of the movie, you'll actually roll the credits over the last shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something that Silence of the Lambs does is Hannibal Lecter hangs up the phone and then we see him walk out into the street and we kind of lose him in the crowd of people and then the credits just roll over that so it's kind of leaving you on the beat of like yes this psychopathic murderer is still out there and it's like a a haunting feeling. Yeah. Or if you want to like hard cut to like hard cut to black that that usually says like oh like that's trying to surprise you like oh wow that was the ending like that was so sudden.
1: Yeah. I feel like the movie that I was watching in my film class which included, like, in the heat of the night and those kind of ones. Those do the role more often than not because it is kind of that settling, continuation, that kind of vibe. Yeah. Where I'm thinking, like, Star Wars and they, cuts.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the, the credit roll over the last shot can be hopeful or
1: depressing.
0: Yeah. And so can the... The cut. Like, so can the cut to black. Like, that's just kind of...
1: It's yeah. just a
0: strategy. And we'll talk about what this movie does in the next minute.
1: Because I don't know. Can't remember. <laughs> I just know there's some dancing coming up.
0: Yes, and so yeah, the music kicks in on Ashes Walk of Sonic. But Weird. I feel like we've just been kind of all over the place this episode.
1: It's one of those kind of days. It's been a long few did, weeks, did and we're re- back in the same room. I think that also helps.
0: <laughs> did you read <laughs> the uh, New York Times article about podcasting that came out this last week? No. Okay. Please tell. Um, it had a, it had a very bad start. Uh, that I people saw were making it in the paper of.
1: though because I was. Just I was checking in the paper at work.
0: It, it had a bad start that people were making fun of about like two people that started a podcast. Like and they only recorded six episodes and then they quit because they didn't have a, a an advertising deal and they didn't make it big. And everyone was kind of making fun of that intro. And then the rest of it, the rest of the article wasn't, I didn't find very engaging because it was like, there are so many podcasts now. To think that you're just going to make it big is not the best idea. And I was like. Yeah, <laughs> and just kind of the general vibe of, I uh, like podcast oversaturation and like people using like kind of just carte launch idea of like people just use podcasts to talk to their friends and don't actually w- make a product that audiences are going to want. I was like, who cares if people make podcasts just to talk to their friends? Like,
1: yeah, honestly, I think
0: not. Not everyone is expecting to make money off of it, and if you're going into podcasts purely expecting to make money off of it, then you're You're probably probably
1: already a radio producer or something like you have foundation in the system already i think it's very similar to youtube in a lot of ways that like i have started and not finished many podcasts because i can't get into them for a variety of reasons one or the other yeah and i think that's the beauty of having so many podcasts available because you can find ones that you truly enjoy and like I'm into a couple right now that I'm, like, absolutely binging and I'm learning so much and I feel very fulfilled by them. And that's the same with, like, YouTube channels. I'll try a, a YouTuber and I'll be like, mm, not my style. Try another one, fall in love, and, like, buy all of their merch and see them yeah. twice live <laughs> on tour. It's uh, fine. I don't have a problem. I people. think...
0: Well, another thing that this article said was um, that, like, podcasts you should like, be making something that the audience wants to consume and not just talking for yourself... And I was thinking of two of my favorite podcasts, which are Jordan Jesse Go and Harmon Town, which are purely for the pleasure of the people in the studio, I feel like, and not and like, in no way like would an outside listener be like, Yes, this is them making something that audiences love to consume. It's such great audience consumable content. It doesn't seem like that, but it is, because the people are just being themselves and have good chemistry and have weird conversations that seem self-absorbed. Mm-hmm. That's what audiences want sometimes. Well, I, and obviously we're not, I'm not saying that this is what makes us a good podcast or anything, but in general, like there is room for lots of different types of thing.
1: And I think too, like one of my top ones, Welcome to Nightvale, they were just so unafraid, unafraid to try anything and everything So they have such weird episodes and it's such a weird, like the audience that they have expects the unexpected from them because they're not afraid to push boundaries. And I think that's something exciting with podcasts and that like old radio, like War of the Worlds, terrifying people to think there was actually an alien invasion. You don't get that anymore, except in podcasts. You get that opportunity to be totally suspended from everything else. 'Cause it's not like a movie nowadays where they have to have that big person in and you look at them and you're like, I just see them as that actor and not as the character and that kind of stuff. So I think podcasts are able to provide an experience that doesn't exist in other media anymore.
0: Alright. Good talk. <laughs> nice. Go <laughs> should, team go. We should wrap it up. So next time for minute eighty one, which is nine squared.
1: Let her <laughs> dance um I've been dancing this whole time basically and so
0: yeah this is the last minute of dialogue the next minute will be like the last minute before the credits minute start minute and
1: a half probably
0: and then and then we'll be in credits and then it'll be sad times at the El Royale and then there'll be
1: the hiatus
0: uh yes the the hiatus we're gonna get high no <laughs> has anyone have you ever heard that joke on any other no. movie by minute podcast no so yeah come back next time for minute 81 uh Follow us on Twitter at Amateur Nerds.
1: Email at AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. Rate, review, subscribe.
0: And we'll see you next time for another fantastic episode of Fantastic Minute. I've been Tyler Boudreaux. I've been Condra. And we hope you have a fantastic day. Why do you sound like you're about to cry?
1: Fantastic. (laughs)